Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to get jumped. Welcome to episode 35 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto and A Clash of the Hyuga Clan. Wait a minute. What is that? Did you hear that? It's, um... I, I think this is the first good Naruto episode. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah, that, these are the most consistent ones so far. It's oh, finally we... here! Getting ahead of ourselves? It's like fucking Christmas, you guys. Let's jump in. This was such a relief this week. <laughs> and, you know, anybody who's been listening to our show recently, you have heard us talk about Naruto with praise, especially parts of the first se- uh, season. And um, recently we have not been as uh, congratulatory to Naruto on its accomplishments it's been a struggle for us, and these episodes are not uh, 100% gold, but this is a good week for Naruto. Yeah, finally. I know. I mean, I swear, I feel like we haven't had a really good with me- week with Naruto yet. Like, every single time that we've done an episode of it, it's just felt like, yeah, there's like one or two good episodes, and then the rest of them are just like, crap. I and would... I don't know if I'm speaking for both of us and you're misremembering or if I'm just speaking for me, but I would disagree on that. I I think that there was at least one completely solid week where we watched, uh, I think the bridge battle climax of the first arc is consistently good. Um, it has pacing problems, for, but so do these episodes. Hold, hold on, hold on. There are the worst, most obnoxious character if in my existence is in those episodes. I can't, so I can't, I cannot believe you. I can't I hate speak him too much. to your wildly misplaced hatred of Inari. <laughs> Just <laughs> whatever. I mean, that's not a great character, but <laughs> whatever he did to you, I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was a hard time in uh, the Miller household. Yeah. So much. Um, like my my house banner is just me watching and hating Inari on TV. <laughs> so um, I guess let's see housekeeping before we get going. Um, we had a really cool user on Reddit who suggested our last episode about the Cowboy Bebop movie. If you haven't listened to that, um, this is a call to everybody to get involved in the conversation with us, have a chat with us. We would love to totally name drop you on the show. Um, that Reddit user happened to have a great point about an episode that we should do that we had not been planning to do. So we did. You can also bring things to us. We may or may not agree that we'll put it in the show, and if we do agree, we'll do it. Um, But either way, we would love to talk to you, and we would love to talk about you on the show. And um, so go ahead, talk to us. Reddit's the best place to get in touch with me. I know Spencer's a little bit more um, active on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. Um, And then we also, of course, have our Patreon page, which is a great place to talk to us as well. Um, Speaking of Patreon... um we will have our first really cool thing that's going to be happening on Patreon. So we have recorded our very first Patreon-only episode. 
Um, it will be on for just Patreon patrons um, for a while. Um, we're, I'm going to leave it on there for a couple of weeks at least before releasing it on the main channel. Um, the biggest reason behind that is that um, we wanted to give back to the people that are uh, donating to the show um, and also helping us be ad-free. Um, yeah. I was recently reading on, uh, I think it was like the audio drama podcast uh, forums, and there were so many people that were complaining over and over and over and over again about like, I don't have to listen, I don't want to listen to all these different ads at the very start of everybody's show. Why does everybody do this? And I'm like, well, we don't do that. So I hope everybody out there is enjoying this. Yeah. And like, at some point, we would like to continue doing bigger and better things. And the way that we can do that is being supported by our like fan base yeah. instead of having it add in bullshit advertisers. Absolutely. I um, so I I actually have two podcasts that I listen to pretty consistently that I think are two opposite ends of the spectrum here, and they're in the same podcast network. One of them is Welcome to Night Vale. It's extremely popular, and it's entirely listener supported. That's what we're going for, mm -hmm. and it's great because you like aside from them talking about like how you can buy stuff from their show on their own store, like they do self promotion, but there's really nothing else. The other yeah. is um, conversations with people who hate me, which I will highly recommend. It's a great podcast, uh, but it is from the Night Vale um, network, and it is from one of the actors who has a recurring role on Night Vale. It's a nonfiction podcast. It's fascinating. It's great. But it is ad-supported, and I literally was clicking my, like, Oh, I guess if they're listening to this, sorry, I'm not listening to your ads, but uh, I literally had to click my like jump 30 seconds ahead button like six times to get through the commercial break. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't want to do that. I have like a visceral negative reaction to advertisement. So we're doing everything we can to keep it off of our show. So if yeah. you need incentive, we have this really, really sweet episode. The other thing that's really cool about it is that it's a, crossover episode with another badass podcast called childhood remastered and um, they are great and really hilarious and we had a really good time and i think that's very apparent on the episode so if you want to check that out and you are yeah. not currently a patreon uh supporter then that is how you unlock the keys to that kingdom yep um and with that let's go ahead and jump into our episodes of the week uh with a quick recap of what's been going on in naruto yeah um we have our main cast uh, Naruto, Sasuke, Sakura, and uh, to a lesser extent right now, Kakashi, who is their teacher. Oh, actually, Sasuke's not even in these episodes, so we'll just forget about him. Um, um, he's busy being curse-marked. Yeah, he got uh, injured, basically. That's the real long story short version, and he's gone Yeah, it's off. like the herpes of the ninja world. <laughs> the curse oh my mark. god. <laughs> I cannot disagree with you. I like that it like flares up true. sometimes. <laughs> well, you get like all these red marks that suddenly appear across your skin. Oh god. <laughs> so anyway. Oh my god. Uh today we're doing Naruto 43 through 47. Um Naruto is our main character. He's a blonde, like twelve or so year old um ninja in training who is um, a real fucking loudmouth, and he is kind of not as skilled as pretty much everybody else around him, but he makes up for it in tenacity and also basically an endless restore 
of um, energy, which is in this universe called Chakra. Um, Sakura is also on his team. She is mostly characterized by being the girl, but she also has dramatically cut her hair recently. Um, That might sound a little pedantic, but go ahead and check out some of our previous episodes and you will understand what we're talking about. Kakashi's there. literally named an episode the most dramatic haircut. Yeah, so that's the one. Go check it out. Um, Kakashi is their teacher. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected. Um, There's a lot of other characters that are... Um, this Naruto's great because it's an ensemble show, so if you don't like one character, unless that character is Naruto and you really fucking hate him, you can probably watch the uh, the show anyway, because there's a lot of cool characters, and most of them are going to get their day in the spotlight. Um, some quite a bit, so uh, we're kind of shifting gears from being a fully Naruto-centric show to being a little bit more of an ensemble cast show, especially in this arc. And uh, so we're going to talk about a lot of characters that are not Naruto and Sakura and Kakashi today. And let's just introduce them as we come up to them, right? Does that sound good? Cool. Well, we're dropping in on episode 43, Killer Konoichi and Shiki Shikamaru. Um, this starts out with the fight between Tintin and Tamari. Um, Tintin is this character. Uh, think of her as like uh, kind of dumbed down Chun-Li Except for she has this big giant scroll yeah, that she, she carries is. around. I never just, realized like, that she looks out weapons. Yeah, I didn't realize that her, she looks so much like Chun Li, but she sure does. And that's it. She's she's weapon girl, and her power is really kind of cool until you realize that that's all she ever does. Like yeah. all the other characters in the show have admittedly more unique powers like everybody can use weapons 10 times abilities that she can use a bunch of weapons and Mm -hmm. it doesn't scale very well like she can use a bunch of weapons in the sequel series she can still just use a bunch of weapons and it's kind of unfortunate she really gets yeah short end of the stick in characterization and character growth yeah, you can also think of her as kind of like her scroll is her Mary Poppins bag that she carries around. <laughs> so like, much. It's got a lot of weapons inside of it. Um, so, beginning the fight against well, Tamari, right. We though, also have Tamari. Tamari. She's, uh, she's yeah. one of the Sand siblings, so they have appeared in this arc. They're vaguely villainous. Um, mostly their brother, Gara is pretty explicitly murderous. But Tamari is kind of along for the count, and she's a little cocky and um, not as... She's got a big-ass fan. She does. <laughs> she has a big fan, and that's kind of her deal. She's Her brother, Konkuro, has spoken out about Gara's murderousness before. She's not as vocal about it. She's a little bit more go-with-the-flow, I guess. Whatever. They're yeah. going to fight. <laughs> Oh, yeah, why is everyone fighting? They're having a. They're having uh, a. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people know what's happening. They're they're having people a, know. a tournament. That's it's a tournament. <laughs> Anyways, so um, Shikamaru, uh, in in true fashion, uh, does not believe in any of his teammates. So he's like, "Yeah, she's gonna lose." Uh, in his defense. Uh, <laughs> He's he is not blindly believing that they're gonna win, and instead is calling it like he sees it, and he can tell that Tamari has her shit together in a way that Ten Ten honestly never will. Never ever will. Get it together, Ten um, Ten. 
Tamari is uh, using this big giant fan, and every time she unscrolls it just a little bit, um, it, there's like another dot on the fan that's shown. And then her whole thing is she's like, uh, as soon as you see the third dot, uh, third star dot on her fan, it's going to be over. Which is great. That's such a classic anime boast. And it kind of reminds me of a much cooler execution of this from Bleach, which is, uh, I don't remember his name, but you know the bald guy who has the dragon sword? And like... Oh, yeah. He goes into like... And it doesn't want to wake up? Yeah, he goes into Bankai, which is like his, his super power release or whatever. And it's like this giant like axe scythe blade with a Chinese style dragon carved on it and it slowly starts to glow redder and redder and he's like oh my my sword doesn't want to wake up but when it does I'm going to kill you and it's such a cool moment this is similar to that where she basically is fending off all of Ten Ten's weapons and just shows a little bit more of her fan and she's like you, you're on the clock here girl and it's pretty sweet yeah um, and then uh Tintin does her... Oh, gosh. It's so stupid. She, like, unwraps her scroll, and she's like, Dragon Scroll! And it just, like, farts out a bunch of weapons. It's um, it's kind of cool. It. It's two scrolls, and they go up in a double helix while she sort of, like, leaps up in between it, and it, it materializes. It's like a summoning jutsu, so it, like, summons... I guess she made a pact on Weapon Mountain or something, and so she's summoning just... A billion, like, shuriken and other different sharp, deadly weapons to, like, launch at Tamari. But, unfortunately, Tamari's ability is to create giant fucking gusts of wind, so she just blows them all away. Yeah, and she finally reveals their third one and, like, disappears only to reappear and use this, like, wind scythe technique that takes out Tinden. Uh, she, easily. she does actually reappear just to show off that she can ride on her fan. <laughs> and I love this so much. She, like, disappears, and then they're like, oh, where is she? And instead of, like, appearing behind Ten Ten in classic anime fashion and being like, I gotcha now, she appears, like, over there in the skies, and then she's, like, sitting on top of her fan, which she then rides like a glider back to where she was standing a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Tintin is Tintin is out. Um, and she kind of, uh, she kind of mocks or mocks, uh, Tintin by like picking her up on the fan and like throwing her. Lee gets really upset. There's a little bit of back and forth. Um, Gara gets really, uh, um, it, he gets really mouthy and Guy is like, uh, Guy kind of like has to calm, uh, Lee down before Lee like loses his complete shit. Um, foreshadowing, this is, uh, this is gonna build up to one of the sickest fights you're about to see. Yeah, what, not about to, it's gonna be a while, but one of the best fights in Naruto is, um, Lee versus Gara. Oh, no, sorry, it is, it is about to, it's like next time. Sorry, I, for whatever yeah. reason I was thinking of some other time, but I was thinking of the Kishi, Kimimaro fight, <laughs> whatever. Oh, yeah. Which is also one of the best fights. But, yeah, it's one of the best battles, and the fact that Gara and Lee are at each other's throats right now is setting us up to be invested in that battle. But before we get to that, we have to watch um, Shikamaru versus Rin. So, Shikamaru is one of my favorite characters. I think we talked about him um, a little extensively last episode or two of Naruto. Um, he's kind of the quiet... Um, brilliant guy. He also is super lazy, and it's like his deal. Like he, um, 
he complains about having to do everything and it's just sort of like, ah, this is such a drag. And then, um, but he's also like brilliant. So he's always outsmarting his opponents at every turn. And it's really fun. Um, I've talked a lot about how one of my favorite things about Naruto is that sort of tete-a-tete that comes into the fights where it's a little more cerebral and it's a little bit more about outsmarting your opponent than just being arbitrarily stronger. For the most of the series, that will remain true until near the end. And um, Shikamaru is kind of the poster child for that. He always has to outsmart his opponent. It's great. Um, Rin... Tell us... By contrast... Tell us about Ren. <laughs> she, so you might remember a couple of episodes ago, there were these three people from the Sound Village who got into it with um, Sakura in the Forest of Death when she got an, an extreme haircut. Um, Ask me if they're important. They're not. Ren was the girl. <laughs> they're not at well, this all. Is literally they're not the, important at all. This is literally the only time we'll see her power, which is interesting. Um, not that it's the only time we see it, but her power is interesting, but like, this is it. And like, after the, after she loses, she's the last one of them to lose. I think maybe there's one left and then we never see them again. So don't get attached. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So Shikamaru, um, uh, is fighting against Ren. Ren is throwing out these, um, uh, you call them Senbon, but all I kept on thinking about was like, they, they look like Caltrops, right? No, Caltrops are those... No, Senbon... We've seen Senbon before. Senbon are the long, thin needles that Haku used. Caltrops are like, um, if you play the game Jax, and they're those little, like, basically, like, tripods, but they're spiky, and you throw them around. That's what the move Spikes is is called in Japanese Pokemon. It's called Caltrops. Um, Yeah. So there, you use them to get people to like not be able to follow you or whatever. It's like an oil slick. But yeah, I kept on, I kept on forgetting that um, uh, we call them. I forgot that we were talking about the Miss Sinbon when we were talking about. Oh God, what is his name? Haku. Her name. Haku. Haku, Yes. So, Rin has these Sinbon, which are long, thin needles. She throws with bells in them. And Shikamaru immediately deduces that this is, uh, it's a Pavlovian trick, which Pavlov is famous for the drooling dogs where you, you ring a bell and then you give them a treat and then eventually you ring a bell, but you don't give them a treat, but they're expecting one. So they're salivating. Um, this is also how you make Dwight's mouth taste bad and, um, a couple of other things. So basically the theory here is that, um, she will throw several senbon, several set series of throws with bells attached to the senbon. So the first time it's just a senbon with a bell on it, and he avoids it. And then the second time it's a senbon with a bell on it with another senbon following it, and he avoids those. And then, or maybe that's the third one. I don't remember. But basically, you trick somebody by conditioning them to expect that like each of the attacks you make are auditory so then when they make one that isn't auditory you're sort of off kilter and you can't dodge it which is cool yeah and unfortunately is not what's happening (laughs) yeah it's just like it's pretty cool uh shikamaru ends up tricking uh tricking her into wow you're jumping ahead so far so oh man 
This okay. is not as exciting to me as it was for you. There's I, a lot of explanation of what they do in this, and there's not a lot of like sequence. Yeah, I like, like I like five, this because it's an outsmarting thing. So she <laughs> she ends up like nicking him with one of her her senbon, and it's poisoned. Um, and he doesn't realize that this was the trick, so he explains the Pavlovian thing. And then she's like, "Sorry, you've already gotten got." And then the bells basically ring and like trigger the poison. And it it makes him really hard. It makes him like really have a difficult time like seeing what's going on, and he has he's having trouble moving. Um, and she already knows his power, which is to extend his shadow. And if his shadow touches your shadow, you are paralyzed. And the thing about his shadow, it's called shadow possession jutsu because once you've gotten trapped by it, you and he make the same movements with your body. So he manages to get her by her... She, like, has tied an invisible string or something to one of her senbon. I think that's how she gets him poisoned. So he manages to stretch his shadow out, which she doesn't realize he can do, as a fake version of the shadow underneath the string, which allows him to get her trapped. And then... He makes this, like, bluff so that she doesn't notice what's going on, where he's going to throw a kunai at her while she throws hers at him. And she's like, you're crazy. Like, we're going to hit each other or we're both going to dodge. Like, this isn't going to do anything. But the thing is, she's, like, standing right in front of the wall. So when you throw it and dodge, she smacks her head into the wall and knocks herself out. And it's pretty fun. I liked it. Everybody's having a good time. Mm, let's get to a good fight. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to go into Naruto versus Kiba next, and I love this fight. Um, Kiba is is a really, really cool character. Um, his whole thing is that he has this, uh, this like, connection with his animal companion that comes with him. Animal companion? It's a tiny... dog? Yes. Not just yes. any animal, but, Spencer. Watch your mouth. Well, so his clan... From uh, in Naruto, they all have connections to like different animals. They have like a, they have like an animal uh, companion that comes with them at all times. He he and his father have special connections with canines, and they talk about it in the show like kind of a little bit. Um, it's one of the asides and like one of the um, one of like the filler plot arcs. Um, but it's pretty cool. They talk um, about it in the retrieval arc as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's cool that like. Basically, that dog, you know, that dog was given to him as a really... He was really young. Yeah. And he was given that dog. They're like bonded like, pairs from birth. Yeah. And it's it's a really cool, like, build-up. Not as gross as being, like, you know, pair-bonded with a bunch of bugs that live inside of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely would choose the you-get-a-dog-for-life family rather than insects live inside you life that's just not even a a toss-up also i i was struck by the fact that like the um the pro naruto calls kiba out he's like how is this fair that like kiba gets to fight with akamaru which is his dog like that's two on one and the proctor's like no um ninja animals and insects are considered ninja tools which would be the same as like a shuriken or something from the perspective of the rules, but, like, from my perspective, like, Akamaru's pretty smart. Like, he's definitely 
at least half of a person's worth of combat. Like, I don't think he can really launch his own jutsu or anything, but, like, he's a, he's clever and he's trained for battle. But, like, Kakashi in the last arc summoned literally sentient dogs and, like, five or six of them. And, like, later on in the series, Naruto's going to be able to summon, like, giant frogs and shit that are also sentient. Like, there's... Oh, yeah. There's and really... And are, like, really powerful. Oh, too. yeah. Like... <laughs> this is um this is a an ambiguity that can absolutely be <laughs> exploited in this world like it is it's cute that these are count as ninja tools but like that's not at all functionally how these creatures work cool anyways let's get into episode 44 akamaru unleashed who's the top dog now mm-hmm. i know who it is it's akamaru mm-hmm. oh my god anyways um, so there is a fight, um, with Kiba and Akamaru. Um, you talked a little bit, I think you put this down as a note as well. Anyways, um, and, uh, Kiba kind of has this little bit of a flashback when he was in class with Naruto. I mean, um, it wouldn't be was... Naruto without a flashback. Yeah. And he gets kind of resentful to him for like, you know, always wanting to be the center of attention. And he is completely talentless in comparison to Akamaru, who has, um, in comparison uh, Kiba to Kiba and Akamaru, who have like a badass technique that they're going to show you in just a moment. Yeah. So, um, Kiba's thing is that he can turn sort of bestial so he gets he gets down on like all fours and his his fingernails kind of grow into claws um you can see his um his canine teeth which are the kind of pointy ones that you have um they sort of elongate and his hair kind of gets wild so he looks really bestial and then he has this transformation jutsu um that um, turns Akamaru into a second bestial Kiba. So they're like two yeah. like slashy humans in the ring now. And also it's fun because everybody, literally everybody watching the fight thinks that Naruto will lose except Kakashi who's like, I don't know, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, the The next thing that happens inside of the show, you think it's about to be the badass fight scene. Um, instead, there's a there's a there's a flashback uh, from Sakura. Um, it uh-huh. is uh, not important at all, uh, no. so let's just skip it. Yeah, it's just um, <laughs> she's just thinking about the her history with Naruto and whether or also, not he's Blake, grown, and that's that. <laughs> Blake also wrote in the notes that Akamaru is the cutest. <laughs> he's so cute. He has this little bark, and it's just precious. Um, but oh yeah, so they don't trend. Oh, they don't transform yet. Akamaru stays a dog for a little bit. And then Naruto, um, he does some trick to get around them. I don't remember what happens. I watched these episodes like three weeks ago. But Kiba gets like serious now that Naruto hasn't immediately been knocked out. And he gives Akamaru this thing called a food pill, which we'll see a few times. It's essentially steroids. It's basically like... They they explain it as like a a concentrated protein ball that gives you like an insane burst of energy and um, you know flares up your chakra and shit. It's really similar to the sen, uh, senzu beans from Dragon Ball Z. This is actually a pretty common trope to have some sort of some sort of like 
quick acting revitalizer. In this instance, they're not revitalizing themselves, but they're supercharging themselves. And Naruto, again, is like, how is this fucking fair? Which I agree, it's not very fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, for real. They, get, they get jacked up, and then this, I think, is where they do the transformation. And also the animation quality goes up just, like, slightly. It's not like, yeah, it's not one where they spent a lot of money, but you can tell that they care about this. They also wanted to have a pretty badass fight te- uh, technique, and they wanted to give it to Kiba and Nakamaru, which is fang over fang. Uh, it's Getsuga the technique tenshi. where they... <laughs> I always can get you with that in uh, in fucking Ninja Storm. I love that technique. It's so great. <laughs> well, so what happens is that they um, they turn into like these two spinning tornadoes, um, and they like jump and curl over themselves and then slam into their opponent. Um, and since be- they're coming from two different directions, it's really hard to dodge um, unless you just jump straight up, which is something that happens. <laughs> yeah, but they are super fast, so it's hard. You know, you can't, it's not like a it's not like a shrug. This wasn't that dangerous after all. Um, yeah. I, also, after this, you wrote down about like Hinata, uh, which is uh, a character that's going to be much more important later. I forgot I wrote just like this. in every flashback, apparently she's just watching Naruto from a distance. Yeah, and you were like, bitch, get your life in order. Yeah, but not only that, because she's like she's upset because nobody is recognizing that Naruto has worked really hard to like turn it around from being the fuck up that everybody knows him as, which is totally a legitimate concern of hers. Cause it is true. He's worked really hard. He's come a long way and nobody recognizes that. But also like we are going to see in this episode, like she does work hard, but like she really, she really needs to worry about herself here. She has got her own problems and like stop fucking lurking all the time and watching Naruto work out and just take care of yourself, girl. Anyways, um, let's go into episode 45, Surprise Attack Naruto's Secret Weapon. Um, uh. Kiba is uh, basically beating the Christ out of Naruto um, until Naruto decides that he has something in his back pocket because he's uh, he's finally, finally, finally perfected the art of turning into a clone of somebody else and making it stick. Yeah. And not so just like, you know, this a is busty woman inside of smoke. Right. So this is sweet. Basically, he um he gets he he transforms himself into um Kiba. Yeah. And so now they all three look alike. And real Kiba is not able to tell which one is Akamaru and which one is Naruto. And they both attack... I don't remember how Naruto gets... um, How Naruto gets Akamaru to attack Kiba. But basically, like, he comes at Kiba and Kiba's like, are you kidding me? Like, I can smell you. Like, I have super senses. I can tell which one is which because of your smell difference. And he punches out one Kiba, which, like, falls... Oh, this... Yeah, he falls to the ground and transforms from looking like Kiba to looking like Akamaru. And he's like, oh, my God, I don't know how my nose was tricked, but I just punched Akamaru. So then he goes and punches the other Kiba, 
which also transforms into Akamaru. And then it turns out that the first one was Naruto changing from Kiba into changing to Akamaru to make him punch out his own partner. Yeah. And in case uh, you didn't know exactly what happened from us explaining, if you'd rather watch the show and have it completely explained as well, watch this episode, because Sakura is going to do something else that nobody asked for, which... can we call this episode nobody asked for you to talk sakura because oh, like earlier uh, she had this super stupid fucking flashback and now she's just gonna narrate everything we just saw to us again literally sakura is talking and then she's in like the right hand side of the screen and the left hand side of the screen becomes the scenes we just watched while sakura talks about it and it's not new information <laughs> it's just what happened like we were there bitch have a seat yeah anyways um so naruto is getting all boasty now he's talking about a new technique um but he uh kiba has apparently been attacking him too fast for him to use it oh my um, god and I then you wrote down so that the, the music gets very 80s style <laughs> And I've never heard it before. The Naruto this is true for like pretty much every anime. They tend to have a couple of themes that they recycle. You'll have like one or two action themes. You'll have one or two dramatic themes, and you'll have one or two character specific themes. Naruto's the same, yeah. and this theme that plays here, I have never heard before, and I don't think we're going to hear it again. And it's super weird and out of place. But regardless, yeah, and then the. The the fight ends with Naruto farting on Kiba's nose. I hate. And so that Kiba, because of his super senses, are like, he's really knocked out because of this. It's really stupid. Um, it's and a, it doesn't it's do justice like a, to the fight that just happened. Yeah, it's a, an anticlimax. And it feels like it. And Naruto likes to walk the line of being a comedy and being an action show. And honestly, the first couple of episodes of Naruto are almost completely comedy and almost no action. And it feels like the author just doesn't know which one he wants to settle into. So, um, so it turns into kind of a comedy here at the end after a really good action fight. And like, honestly, Naruto as a comedy is not very good. Like your mileage may vary, it's really stereotypical anime comedy, which is not my speed. And the action sequences can be really awesome. And this one was. So to get like a really immature fart joke to finish it off sucks. Feels cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then um, Hinata's hella awkward. She like wants to give Naruto like a salve or something for his cuts. And she's just the most. She's like the shyest person of all time and she has the most obvious crush on naruto and it's like she is just can barely get out the words and it's it's honestly painful to watch every time yeah but instead of her just being the worst the entire time we then get a sweet fight between hinata and her brother neji in this next episode episode 46 yeah they're they're really cousins byakugan byakugan yeah um battle so grows bold yeah so um basically (laughs) kiba summons bad luck on her by being like hey hinata um there's just a couple of people left to fight and if you get paired up with gara or neji you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you so you should just immediately forfeit which is super super supportive of kiba as her teammate and (laughs) 
Um, so immediately she's matched up against Neji. So yeah. the deal is they are both from the Hyuga clan. You can tell their designs are fairly similar. And the most prominent feature of that and the thing that ties them together is their eyes. Um, mm-hmm. You might remember that Sasuke has special eyes. <laughs> Look. Look with your special <laughs> eyes. Uh, they... My band! <laughs> Sasuke and Kakashi both have access to this thing called the Sharingan, where your eye kind of turns red and has these black markings. And it allows you to kind of see what your opponent's up to. Basically, that's really reductive and later on will not really cover it. But right now, that's it. Uh, Byakugan is like way better. And it essentially lets you see the flows of energy of your opponent. So it's sort of like if you... If you're like playing a game and watching a show where they use like night vision or heat vision, it's really similar to that. Where um, really similar to heat vision, honestly, where you like you chakra can vision. see, yeah, you put your chakra vision goggles on and you can see what is up. And then the Hyuga clan um, trains in how to sort of exploit this, and it's really baller. Um, Hinata mm-hmm. is from the head clan, like they're basically like the main branch and then like a splinter branch that is subservient to them. We're going to learn a lot more about that later in another fight. Um, but for right now, Neji is just kind of salty about Hinata because she comes from the main line, but Neji is much more skilled. Yeah. If you want to hear more about uh, men talking down to Hinata, it's about to happen again um, because Neji is going to tell her basically that she is too soft to be a shinobi. She has no self-confidence and then she should just bow out. So now she has not only been told this by her like family, but also by her teammate who immediately was like, you can't stand up to this person. And it's, it's like a moment of just like, uh, Hinata has like a, like a, a, feminist streak inside of her which you wouldn't know from her being the creepiest around naruto uh-huh um, she's that's, she is, is not now i would say she is not in any way feminist about how she pursues naruto in that she mm-hmm. hems and haws and kind of makes a fool of herself by how sh- ashamed and like nervous she is and on the other end she is kind of feminist in that she like rises above the sort of assumptions of her peers in order to face on this challenge that's like greater than her. Um, and it's admirable and it's a great yeah. moment. Um, the other thing, yeah. the other important thing about Neji here is that he's going to repeat several times his kind of mantra, which is that essentially people can't change. And we're we're going to learn later on in the show that this comes from his sort of bitterness at having grown up in basically a set-cased system. Because he's from the Splinter family, he is always um, subservient and always lesser than the main Hyuga brand, uh, clan, even though he is maybe the most gifted Hyuga-born in this generation, it doesn't matter because he's not from the right part of the family. Um, So he has developed this philosophy that like whoever you are is set in stone. And that rankles at Naruto and at Hinata because Naruto and Hinata are both known kind of as losers for different reasons. Hinata is not initially very skilled or strong and she's kind of seen as like a runt of the family And Naruto, as you know, has been ostracized from society from birth. And so neither of them is into this philosophy, and it's going to lead to a major conflict later. 
Yeah. Um, we also find out uh, inside of some of these flashbacks that Hinata has been talked down even from her own family. So um, sweet. People are saying that, like, she's not the heir to, you know, she shouldn't be the heir even though, um, uh, because these other people, even if they're younger, are more skilled than she is. Right. And it's as, a lot of stuff bearing as, down on her. Yeah. As the firstborn, she should inherit the leadership of the Hyuga clan. But her father, like, basically hates her because she's not skilled enough. And her younger sister yeah. is good. And he's, like, he's essentially, like, oh, I don't have, like, I don't consider Hinata my daughter because she's not good at fighting, I guess. Yeah. Which it's is super really fine. Upsetting. <laughs> yeah. But we we also do get our first real connection between Naruto and Hinata, though. Because Naruto is going to cheer her on and tell her that she is worthy of this. And it gets her to the point where she is willing to actually fight against Neji. They both activate their Byakugan, and then we, uh, we're going to go into a little bit of a slap fight. Yeah, so <laughs> Neji was basically talking shit about Hinata, it, how she's going to lose, and basically was calling out like all of her physical insecurities manifesting, like oh, the way you're standing indicates that, like, you have no confidence. And Naruto cuts through that shit and empowers Hinata to battle. And they, the way that the Hyuga clan fights is not with punches, but with, like, slaps. It's called the, the I think it's called gentle fist is their technique. And it's, mm-hmm. um, they hit you with their open palm or they will, like, puncture at you with their fingers and that combined with the special technique of their clan allows them to fuck you up so we're gonna get an explanation of this from mike guy who says essentially that um the he he uses an example of himself and lee as a contrast so they both fight with taijutsu which is essentially just physical attacks um and he's like, what our taijutsu does is it it damages your body externally and it can break your bones. The Hyuga clan, with their Byakugan, they are able to send basically chakra bursts into their opponent's body that hit their internal organs. So it is extremely more dangerous to fight against them. If they hit you, they can like, if they hit you in the chest, they can like literally send, basically punch your heart directly. Um, the other thing is that, um, when they jab at you with their fingers, um, you'll see this mostly with Neji. It doesn't seem like Hinata really has this skill, um, at least not right now. Um, so she has sort of the organ punch ability. That sounds weird. But, um, Neji is able to like get you with his fingers and what he's, what he sees is where there's like some number of points on your body where you're like, you're, they're like chakra I don't know, junctures or whatever. And if you can hit one of them, you can slow down or speed up the chakra. And so what he can do is basically like throw you off of like regulating your own chakra or he can like stop it entirely. So if he like gets you on your arm, if you've seen um, Tai Lee from Avatar The Last Airbender, it's really, really similar to that. But she disables you physically, whereas he disables like the energy in your body bullshit man she disables you physically and your fucking energy at the same time well yeah but that's because where like naruto you have to move to use your energy 
Yeah, man. That God, fucking after man, so good. So sweet. <laughs> oh man. I I uh, I put it down a couple of times like thinking about that as a show to watch uh-huh. and like legitimately I will I would I would put that down for later on. Yeah, we're, we can have a debate on ja- Japanimation, but like <laughs> Yeah, it is. That show's great. You can debate whether or not it's an anime depending on your definition of the anime, but um for our purposes of watching this show, we sh- we would absolutely watch that. If you would like to see us watch it, please let us know. I would love to watch it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we approach very rapidly to the end of Cowboy Bebop. Just be aware. Oh, um, anyways, uh, we're going into our last episode of the day, which is A Failure Stands Tall. Um, Hinata starts this episode off by getting smacked the fuck out of her. Yeah, she basically... I think they kind of do this at the end of the last episode, but leave it ambiguous as to what happened, where it kind of looks like Neji and Hinata both may have hit each other, and we're not really sure who did, and then it cuts to, like, a beating heart that, like, pulses, and it's really kind of gross. And basically, at the beginning of this episode, we see that it was Hinata who took that, and she coughs up blood, which is so great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Neji is actively telling Hinata to just fucking tap out, um and Sakura is is uh Sakura is, is aware that Hinata again. is a stalker. I don't yeah, remember why Sakura. this is relevant. Sakura, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> She's that person in the movie theater that's just like, Don't go in there! Don't go in there <laughs> Like I'll tell you what just happened. We know, we watched it. Sakura, God. So anyways. <laughs> Hinata has flashbacks about watching Naruto, and it helps her to feel courageous because he works hard or whatever. And um, Kuranai, who is Hinata's teacher, just like Kakashi is Naruto's teacher, thinks about how um, Hinata, she one day decided that she would stop giving up and she'd start training harder. And you see some some sequences of her like practicing her gentle palm hits against like a wooden dummy, and she's like hitting it so hard and so much that she's like making her hand bleed. It's like kill bill. Yeah. Um, we, uh, um, Neji hits another again and, uh, coffee McCofferson is about to call the fight. And Naruto's just like, wait, I think she's going to get up. That's not at all. He's like, stop. You can't call the fight. (laughs) He just like, cannot butt out. (laughs) This is like, One of Naruto's things is that, like, he will always, like, butt in to encourage you. And, like, usually I agree, even if it's kind of annoying and kind of, like, a little bit cliche. But, like, usually, like, yeah, people should give you more credit and, like, maybe you need some encouragement. Hinata's internal organs have been damaged. She does not necessarily need encouragement to keep going in this situation. Like, she could literally die. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a moment where uh, Neji and Hinata face off one more time, and they go at each other, and the Jonin jump in and stop them. Yeah, they are at each other's throats, basically. Like, this is turning into a blood feud. And the the fight is basically called. Um, Neji has won, and Neji takes this opportunity to shit-talk Naruto, and he's like, why don't you be quiet, which I do agree with Neji on that one, and then... Also, you're always going to be a failure because this is him talking again about how people can't change. And he's like, you've been a failure this whole time because it's who you are. And then Hinata coughs up blood and we get a classic 
this is, this made me laugh out loud, and I don't think it's on purpose. I think that this was an accident, but the thing is, they keep doing these, like, reaction shots from, like, everybody present, and Hinata coughs up blood, and then you get reaction shots from everyone about, like, ga- like gasping, looking stricken, looking shocked and worried, except one person, Shino, who is Hinata's teammate, who never has an expression, to be fair, but he's just standing there quietly, but they do include him in the reaction <laughs> shots, and it's so funny in this, like, otherwise dire, dramatic situation. That's classic comedy right there. It's so Anyways, good. Uh, we're going to end the episode with something that's uh, kind of gross. A little gross. Um, Naruto is like, I'm going to make a blood promise that I'm going to avenge you, basically. Which he's done this um, before by stabbing his own hand to get some poison out. So this is a reference, but this is unfortunate. Yeah, it's not great. Anyway, He picks um, up Hinata's blood and makes yeah, a promise this, that he's going to come after Neji and win. And it's disgusting. Yeah. It's not great. Anyways, Don't do that. Uh, that's Don't pick up other people's blood. For... That's the end of our coverage for Naruto for this week. Uh, we're going to be getting back to it in a couple of weeks with a much, much sweeter fight. But at least we're finally in the midst of cool shit happening. Yeah, we're going to get... Uh, this episode was great. The next week's episode is going to be great. I think we're not going to have good episodes after that for a little while. But uh, this one and the next one for sure are going to be bangers. But uh, we will, of course, not be back with Naruto next week. If you would like a reminder about what we will be back with, um, stay with us after the end credits. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We couldn't get the rights, you guys. <laughs> this is the best we could do.